Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and this is Megan. Um, Megan and I live together, and we play a lot of games together, and Megan today, for Valentine's Day in particular, picked some of her favorite games that we enjoy at two players. So Megan's got to get back to work. I'm going to do the talking about these games, but uh, I wanted to, her to say hi real quick before I jump in. Yeah, and I hope you all enjoy. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> So this list is going to come from a couple different places. First, I'm going to share some games that Megan picked that she just enjoys in general. And then I'll get to a top 10 list, unranked, but just a, a 10 games that Megan really enjoys playing with just the two of us and that you might enjoy too if you have someone special to play with on Valentine's Day. Or even if you don't, just if you, if you have a roommate, a friend, someone that you enjoy playing two-player games with, this list is for you. Um, so some of Megan's favorite games at higher player counts, not two players. Uh, some of these would probably work with two players. I know we've played a couple of these with two players. Are uh, Planet Unknown, Lost Ruins of Arnak, Ark Nova, Azul Summer Pavilion, Cartographers, Just One, So Clover, Obsession, Dune Imperium, Charterstone, Cat in the Box, Cascadia, Welcome To, Honey Buzz, Quacks of Quinlanburg, and Space Space. And several of them, as I'm looking at, the list, at the list, this list, are games that we definitely enjoyed at two players. We've played Lost Runes of Arnak, we've played Cartographers, we've played Space Space, um, and we've enjoyed all of them at two. However, uh, Megan narrowed it down to 10 games that she really enjoys playing at two players with me, and she would probably enjoy playing these with other people as well, um, at two players specifically. And my focus of this list from the game design perspective will be what makes these games work at two players. Uh, because most of these are games that are typically played or can be played at higher player counts as well. I'm going to start out with some Stillmeyer games. Uh, Megan is obviously closely tied to Stillmeyer games, and uh, so she picked a few of our games. One of these is Tapestry. Tapestry plays from one to five players, and uh, it was designed definitely to, to play at the two player count. And for Tapestry, it's one of the games where uh, having other players essentially just adds extra playing time. Um, every player has to take a number of turns. But I think the reason it works well at any of those player accounts, but particularly at two, is that your turns are very simple. You're doing one thing. You're choosing one track, and you're advancing on that track. And when you do take an income turn in Tapestry, which is a, a little bit of a more involved turn, the other player can typically start to do other things on their turn. They don't need to wait for you to complete your income turn. Um, but I think Tapestry works really well at two because it doesn't add all the extra playing time that it does at three, four, or five player counts. And I, I really enjoy playing this one with, with Megan as well. Um, Megan also mentioned, there are two other Stormire games on this list. She mentioned Wingspan, that we just played Wingspan Asia the other day at the two player count. And uh, I think Wingspan just plays really well at all player counts. And specifically with Wingspan Asia, you get to add in the duet board where, or the duet map where you have a little bit more uh, interaction with the other players. You're, you're competing over certain spots on the map, trying to have a, a big connected group of tokens, of duet tokens on the map itself. And I think that works well at the two-player count. But Wingspan, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something specific that makes it work at two players. But um, I guess one little thing is that there isn't as much turnover on the card row at, at two players, unless you're playing with the Oceania board where you can where you can uh, refresh the card row a little bit more. Same thing with the Dice Tower a little bit. doesn't refresh quite as often. And I think that's a pro, both a pro and a con. Sometimes you want games where you are refreshing those common um, cards or common dice a lot, and so you can see a lot of different options. But sometimes I kind of like it at two-player games or lower-player count games where you aren't refreshing it as often so that there is a better chance that a card that I want might come back around to me because I only have to wait one other player's turn before it comes back around to me. So I think it kind of goes both ways there. 
I really enjoyed Wingspan with Megan as well. And the last Stillmire game that Megan picked is Viticulture. Viticulture is another game where adding playing time, or adding more players definitely adds playing time to the game. Uh, and the, the available action spaces are tighter at lower player count. So it's a pretty tight game at two players. And for that reason, I generally avoid, I, I generally prefer playing Viticulture at two players with the Tuscany board because it includes some extra bonuses on the one to two player spaces on the, on the board. Um, but it still does work. The core game does work just fine at two players. It's just a very, very tense, tight game. But deciding when to use your grande worker, which you can place on an action, even if the action spaces are full, uh, is, a, is a huge decision point in two-player play in Viticulture. Now on to some games that I didn't work on. Um, the first up is Isle of Cats. The Isle of Cats is a drafting tile placement game where you're filling up a ship with a bunch of cats and... I Love Cats is one of those games because of the drafting element that I think it does scale up to higher player counts really well, but um, but I think it also really scales down really, really well at two players. You're, you're just drafting back and forth, so you're seeing a lot of, of the same cards go around, and so if I pass Megan up a handful of cards, I'm probably going to see, or I will see, most of those cards come back to me. You're, at any given time, you're only drafting two cards, so instead of just drafting one card, as in many drafting games, you're drafting two at a time. Um, which I think helps actually scale it down to two players so that you are, there is some amount of tension there. I, I know that Megan is going to take two cards. Two cards won't be there when she hands that deck uh, or that hand back around to me. But also the core play of placing cats on, on the, uh, on the board, it scales up based on the avail the number of available tiles scales up based on player count. And so the tension remains pretty consistent at any player count in the Isle of Cats. Next up, we have a game that I think can be played at higher player counts, but I think it's almost always played as a dueling game, and that is Star Realms. Megan is really, really good at this game. I hardly ever, if I've ever, beat her at Star Realms. Um, it is a, a dueling deck-building game where you're, you're uh, building your deck and putting out some, some cards that stay in play for a little bit longer. The, these, these battleships, these um, I forget what they're called, called fortresses or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fun deck building game where you kind of end up focusing on a few different factions, not all factions, maybe two factions, and building your deck around those factions as you play, which is really satisfying. But uh, I think the reason it works really well at two is that it is a game about reducing your opponent's life to zero, as with another game that I'll talk about on this list. However, uh, when there's only one other player, there's no element of spite there. I, you, you're opting into this idea where someone is going to be fighting you over the course of the game. And so I think that's why Star Realms works really well at two. That there's no, there's no opportunity for spite. When Megan and I sit down to play Star Realms, we know that one player will be reduced to, to zero health at the end of the game. No hard feelings after that. So that's Star Realms. Um, Sagrada is another one. That, that Megan really enjoys, as do I. I'm really looking forward to the legacy version of Sagrada coming out, hopefully later this year. Uh, Sagrada is another drafting game, but drafting from a common pool of dice, and you are putting those dice on your little player mat here. And Sagrada is another game I think works really well at, at any player count, but it flies by really quickly at two players. It's a game where if we're just looking for an abstract game to play in, I don't know, 30 minutes at most, Sagrada is a great pick that we really enjoy. So the shorter playing time, uh, the tension of the draft is there at any player count because the number of dice available scales based on player count. And just the fact that you are really focused on your individual puzzle in this game, regardless of the player count, I think makes it work at, at lower player counts as well. Parks is next up. Parks is a game that I also, I agree with Megan here, Parks is a game that I will pretty much only play at two or three players. There's something about the way that the 
the action selection works. It's a one-way action selection track, a mechanism that I love in games. Um, in one or two players, I just or, or two to three players, I really like how the track works. When you get up to five players, there's so much potential for players to kind of get in the way of the things that you want to do um, that, uh, that, that I don't quite enjoy it as much. Uh, but I love the game at two or three players. Megan and I have really had a great time playing this at two players, uh, given the way that, that one-way action selection track works. Um, yeah, so Parks, really enjoy this game at, at lower player counts with Megan. And uh, Role Player Adventures is one. It's at the bottom of the stack here. I will dig it out. Role Player Adventures is one of our favorite campaign games that we've played together. It's a big, big box. This is a cooperative game. I think this is the first cooperative game that I mentioned here. And um, so at two players, a couple things here. One, at higher player counts, it probably would have been difficult to uh, play this game as quickly as we did. We played through the campaign over the course of probably a month, playing it a couple times each weekend. And it would have been tougher to do this if we'd had a higher player count. So having a lower player count worked really well. I thought it scaled down to two extremely well. Um, I, I can't really vouch for the, the scaling at, at higher player counts, but just going back and forth between our turns, uh, and we didn't never really felt that we needed to have a lead player because we just discussed everything in one player. Uh, if I kind of had, had a sense that Megan really wanted to do something on, on uh, make it a, like a story-based decision, then I would follow her lead. Or if she got the sense that I felt really, really strongly about something, um, she might she might hear that as well. Uh, so I thought that worked for role player at the, at the lower player count. Um, but also, the game just just it, it, the, a lot of stuff ends up on the table. It's a lot of information to grok as you play. Mostly, you're focused on your own tableau of cards, but it helps if you're aware of what the other player is doing as well. And so, I think at higher player counts, it might be a little bit overwhelming to keep track of everything that all players are doing. But at two player count, at the lower player count, I think it worked really, really well. Uh, we we really, really loved this campaign and look forward to the expansion as well. Um, the other game on this list that is a campaign game is My City. My City is an abstract game about building your own city at the same time as the other player. You're drawing a card that says, hey, you have to put this specific tile in your city. But and even though, So even though you're putting the same tile in your cities, um, the way that you put those tiles quickly changes. And the, the permanent elements of your city, it's a legacy game, you're putting stickers on your board and marking it up, that changes over, over the course of the campaign as well. And the game is cleverly divided into chapters. So you play three three or there are three games associated with a chapter and that chapter typically has a, a rule that um or a theme to it that that you're following for those three chapters and each game is really fast because of the simultaneous play and so we would often play a game in like 20 minutes and then play another and then another we would play through a whole chapter in one sitting and that was really satisfying to have that much progress in a campaign game over such a short amount of time i really enjoyed that about my city and it yeah just flew by at two players the last game is another game that we played in a little bit of a campaign style, even though it isn't a campaign game. Uh, and that is Marvel Dice Throne. Marvel Dice Throne is the other game on this list that involves reducing your opponent's life down to zero uh, through a, a Yahtzee-style mechanism with these asymmetric characters. And we played this in a tournament format where we each chose a character. We played those characters against each other. Sorry, the lighting is getting a little weird when I put this up here. Um, and... Uh, you you fight until one player is reduced to zero life, and then we played another game like that, and 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 so on, playing through all the, all the different characters until 
we had a kind of a bracketed format. There are eight characters in this box. And so we had only four remaining. And then we kind of switched up characters and played those characters against each other and then had a final battle. And so playing through the, the uh, a made-up bracketed campaign that way was a lot of fun, especially since... She and I didn't always play the same character. So if like, I think I, I won the first game with Loki and I did not win an, another game throughout the entire bracketed tournament. But later on, Megan played Loki. So we both got to play Loki over the course of the, of the tournament, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, and I think this is one, it's interesting because Megan didn't love the original, uh, did I call it role play? Uh, dice Throne. I, I'm sorry, I probably said role player there. It's Dice Throne. Um, Megan didn't love the original Dice Throne as much, but adding the Marvel theme and seeing how well the characters were designed around each of their, their thematic characters in the world of uh, the Marvel Universe works really well. Uh, I, it, it really helped us associate uh, powers with the characters and ourselves with those characters as we were playing. So this is one instance where the theme and the mechanisms combined to uh, some of the parts that I think was even better than the original game. Um, and that definitely, I think, played into Megan's enjoyment of it. So yeah, those are our picks for games to play as a couple or with two player games to play at the two player count, um, many of which scale up to higher player counts, but, but play really well at two players for uh, Valentine's Day or for whenever you're watching this video. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below about games that you plan to play on Valentine's Day or with your significant other games that you really enjoy playing at two player counts. Let me know in the comments below. Thanks. Oh, and also thank you to Megan for creating this list. I know this type of list uh, is, is not something that she thinks about all that often. I do these lists all the time. And so I really appreciate her taking the time to put together this list so I could talk about it here. So thank you. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below.